From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Today we're talking about a diet that is recommended by the USDA and the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute as an ideal eating plan for all Americans. It's called the DASH diet, and in January 2018 it was ranked number one as a best overall diet, best for healthy eating, and best heart healthy diet by U.S. News & World Report. With me in the studio is Maureen Franklin, a registered dietitian nutritionist at Upstate. I thank you for being here, Maureen. Thanks. Thank you for having me. So let's start with the name DASH diet. Why is it called that? Well, what it stands for is Dietary Approach to Stop Hypertension. So a way in terms of nutrition to look at preventing or um, helping to treat and lower your blood pressure. So is it just for people who need... Um, blood pressure? No, I think in terms of, is a great guideline for everybody when, you know, as they said, in terms of um, how it's rated, it is probably one of the easiest, best diets for anyone to follow, because I think we're all looking to change our health and improve our health, no matter where we are in terms of our, our medical status. So I think it's something for everyone. So has it been shown to lower high blood pressure, though? Yes, it has. Mm -hmm. And people who have um, higher levels of blood pressure has been shown that they get um, actually more benefit. So when we're looking at, you know, the new changes in terms of blood pressure, it's something great for people to look at as an easy way to say, well, let's start looking at changing my diet and making improvements. And hopefully along the way, I'm going to see improvements in terms of blood pressure and heart health. Now, someone who maybe is taking hypertension medicine, is this a safe diet for them to... Still a safe okay. diet. Mm -hmm. And Definitely. then what about someone whose um, blood pressure runs low to begin with? Still that... healthy because what we're talking is we're talking good fruits, good vegetables, whole grains, lean meat. So even for that person, it's still a good heart healthy guideline. So who came up with this diet? National Heart and Lung and Blood Institute actually came up with it. It's been around for a while. I don't think it gets as much... much publicity as fad diets because it's not a fad diet. It's a really good, sound, basic diet in terms of it. Um, and they came up with this a way of saying, if we look at just basic diet, can we see if we can help people? And it's been shown, yes, it can help. So why does it because it has been around a while and mm -hmm. it ranks high every every year when people assess diets. But why is it that it's such a healthy way of eating? What what are some of the foods that are part of the DASH diet? Um, some of the foods, they're basic foods when we talk about it. The basic premise is um, increasing your fruits and vegetables, looking at whole grains, using low-fat dairy products, using lean meats, um, using nuts, legumes, seeds. That, again, is something as a nutrition dietitian we're always trying to promote to people. Uh, look at your fat intake. And the other part of it, which is we've seen more and more emphasis on, is lowering sugary sweetened beverages and sugary type foods and products. So when we look at this, it kind of takes the whole, I think, takes the whole scope of what we've been looking at and says, hey, here's an easy, easy to follow plan that can overall help you in terms of your health. So can you follow it if you're vegetarian? Sure. You can make the modifications. So you would just say, well, I don't want to do um, any of the lean meats, and then I'm going to do more legumes to get your protein sources. Um, if you're a vegetarian and you will do dairy products, you can get your protein sources from there, get your calcium from there. So it, it can easily be adjusted for any individual. Um, what about uh, beverages? Are you allowed to drink coffee? Uh, yeah, um, they don't really mention it. It's probably more I would look at in terms of what you're putting in your coffee and tea. So are you getting a latte or a mochaccino? <laughs> okay. And what sugar content is that? Or are you getting black coffee and you're putting a small amount, maybe a 
dash of sugar in it. So what are you actually doing to that beverage? And I think that's the big thing. Because when they talk about, we're talking about added sugars, it's what am I taking and what am I adding to that food? Am I taking hot tea and putting lemon in it, which is great? Or am I taking tea and putting three teaspoons of sugar in it and then having five cups in a day? So when you talk about added sugars, I think of soft drinks and Mm -hmm. sodas. Um, are diet sodas acceptable because they're not? They don't mention this um, because, again, when you're looking at diet sodas, diet soda is something where there's not an added sugar source. So, again, from an individual standpoint, some people um, do not like any kind of sugar substitute, as we call them, and they want to go more towards the natural with the stevia, which, again, a personal preference in terms of it. But any of your low-calorie diet-type drinks, as we would classify them, are not going to have those added sugars. So it's going to be, you know, seltzer water with natural flavorings, those kinds of things. So those would definitely be great. And I've, I'm seeing seltzer waters on store shelves a yes. lot more than I used to. A lot to, more. So. And a lot more flavors and a lot more availability. I think that's something we have to get people used to because it's not a favorite product of people sometimes. Right. But if you're trying to wean off or, you know, or mm-hmm. water just gets boring after a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. And even though we say put, you know, mints and fruits and different things and get it to people like some people I work with just don't like water. So you've got to look towards that substitute. Okay. Now, in uh, in terms, they say that this is healthy for all Americans. What about children, though? Is this a safe diet for kids? Oh, I think so in terms of, because what are we looking at? Well, we're trying to get our children into more whole grains. We're trying to get them into more fruits and vegetables. So again, you could look at it from the perspective, um, what do I serve my kids for snacks? Well, if I've been doing cookies and, you know, other things, well, maybe I'm going to do more fruits and vegetables and, you know, vegetables and dips. So um, not necessarily when we look at this, they they do break it out into calories. So with children, you wouldn't want to look at calories, but you would want to look at what am I doing for my kids? Am I giving them a good nutritious? Are they getting enough fruits and vegetables? So I think as a guide for parents, it could be a great way to help your kids and help improve their nutrition. Does it talk about um, snacks and meals? And I mean, some diets, fad diets you talk about, they, um, you know, spread out the eating over multiple mm-hmm. tiny meals. Does does the DASH diet address that at all? Um, they give you snack ideas. They actually have a one week, it's called the DASH eating plan. So in the eating plan, they do give you breakfast, lunch, and dinner suggestions. And then they give you snack ideas. So they'll put things such as, okay, a half a cup of fruit and maybe a little bit of yogurt. Or they'll put um, a half a cup of raisins or they'll put some raw vegetables. So they do give you snack ideas. Yeah. Right. And I think that's up to the individual to, to look at, do I need a snack? And am I hungry for a snack? And my big question is always, why am I putting a snack in? Is it because I think I'm hungry or I'm eating with the TV? You know, I get into the mindful eating always. Um, and why am I having that snack? And then changing it. If, I, if you are having a snack and you say, yeah, I am hungry, well, then look at how you can modify it and change it and improve your nutrition towards maybe more fruits and vegetables. All right. And as far as calories, do they set uh, calorie goals? They have ranges. So again, you can look at the ranges in terms of it. Um, There's an eating plan and it goes anywhere from 1,200 calories up to 3,100, pretty high. But you can look at, there's like a 16, 1,800 calorie. So you can look at those and say, hmm, and you know, pretty much... I think a lot of people, we know what we are in terms of our calorie levels, or we might not even want to look at calorie levels. We might just want to say, oh, this is telling me on an average, when you look across the board, it's saying three to four fruits, and it's saying three to four vegetables. So even something as simple as that, you could start to say, wow, how many vegetables do I really have in a day? I have one. So could I go up to two to three? So again, what you're doing, you're hopefully replacing something that was maybe not the healthiest with more vegetables. 
yet still giving yourself that volume. Right. And you may found out you're able to eat so many more vegetables. Right. Than- and then most people are like, wow, I feel more full and satisfied. And I crunched and I sometimes we're looking for that crunch. And I think so it's where vegetables can come in and help us. Well, I've got some more questions, but let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Maureen Franklin, a registered dietitian nutritionist at Upstate, and the topic today is the DASH diet. So how easy is it for most people to follow the DASH diet? (laughs) The question of the century. (laughs) How easy is it? I think it could be easy. I think what we have to do is change our mindset and look at it in terms of, first, what am I doing? Let's take an honest look at how you're eating, okay, you and your family. And if you look at this DASH plan, and again, as I say, the emphasis is fruits, vegetables, whole grains. What are you doing with your typical, typical intake? And how can you improve it? Is it work? It's always going to be work. You know, it's, it's going towards probably more home cooking, getting fresher, frozen, you know, even canned vegetables, having that, doing menu planning, doing meal planning, those kinds of things. So um, I think it's difficult because I think we always want fast. And I think this is saying we need to go back to some basics. We need to get some fruits and vegetables, and we need to know how to cook, you know, those seasonal root vegetables that are out. We need to know what to do. It's not just eat a banana. We need to know, well, what about parsnips, root vegetables, rutabaga, those kinds of things. So I think it can be a struggle for, for clients and, and, pay, and people. Um, do I think they can do it? Yes. But I think they probably it's good to go it in small little steps and say, where do I think I can make some changes that aren't like, oh, I can't do that. And I think that's probably, to me, the vegetables is probably one of the easiest ways to go. So is that the advice you would give? What advice would you give to someone who wants to give it a try? Like how would they, how would they start out? Vegetables? I, yeah, I would think vegetables. I would also recommend that people do a food diary for a week, an honest food diary for themselves and write down what they're eating, what they're drinking, what are they doing, you know, maybe even looking at their portions, but then just looking at it from a a perspective in terms of, okay, let's, let's look at vegetables. How many vegetables am I getting? And then what kind of the vegetables? Is it corn or peas or is it salad, cucumbers, peppers, those kinds of things? And then from there, make one or two small changes and, okay, let's start taking carrot sticks for lunch. Let's always have a vegetable for dinner, those kinds of things. I think those are the kinds of things that people could do. And instead of thinking of it as a diet, which when we tend to think the quote diet, people are like, oh, here we go again. I think it's more, what can I do from a long-term lifestyle change? Change, make new habits. Make new habits. You know, get the kids used to saying, oh, you want a snack? Oh, I've got some carrot sticks. Oh, I've got celery with peanut butter. Um, This is what we have instead of, oh, here, have a bag of chips, those kinds of things. When you go out to eat, say, could I get a double of vegetables instead of, you know, those fries? Or don't put my fries on the plate. Could you have any carrot sticks? Pretty much carrot sticks seem to be in most kitchens. But we have to ask. So I think that's it's those kinds of changes. We have to want to make the changes, too. And there's um, a website. The National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute has a, a lot of information a lot about of the information. DASH diet, right? Mm-hmm. There's a booklet on it. There's, as I say, there's eating plans. There's a plan that you can look at, again, as a food diary type thing. What am I doing for lunch? And you can kind of check off, oh, I didn't have any vegetables for the past four days, those kinds of things. So I think there's a lot of guides out there. It's just that I think people need to start looking at those and saying, all right, this is what I'm doing. What do I want to change? 
All right. And the website nhlbi.nih.gov. We'll also have a link to that on the healthlinkonair.org website. Great. Now, um, when you talk DASH diet for reducing high blood pressure makes me think about sodium intake because mm-hmm. that's an important part, right? Definitely. Definitely. So um, how hard is it to lower your sodium? Well, again, I think it depends on where you're coming from. So when we look at shopping, um, are you buying a lot of processed foods? So what typically happens with processed foods, they tend to be higher in the sodium. Are you buying the instant product? Are you buying the instant rice, the instant oatmeal, those kinds of things? Um, Are you buying more um, things like bacon, ham, deli-type meats, bologna, those kinds of things? So I think from the shopping standpoint, you can start taking a, a look at what's on the label. You can start informing yourself in terms of the levels of sodium in those foods. Um, You can look at how do you use salt? Do you add it a lot? Do you automatically not taste your food and salt it before? And do you use herbs? Do you use spices? What kinds of things can you change in terms of... um, And then, again, when we look at fruits and vegetables, natural, not a high level of sodium. It's great natural foods in terms of that. It's usually what we put on. You know, we take something, we add cheese sauce to the broccoli. And instead, could I add a little lemon? Could I add a little dill to those green beans? Those kinds of things. Um, So yes, again, I think there's a great amount of things that people can do to help with the sodium level. But it's looking at, again, what am I doing? So okay, I'm doing high processed foods. Well, let's start getting some more frozen foods. Very good source in terms of still quick and easy, pop it in the microwave. But all right, let's start introducing it that way. Let's cook my own rice. Let's not do an instant rice. Let's cook my own oatmeal. Um, I don't want to do seal cuts. That's okay. Do regular oatmeal. A little bit better for you. You're making it. You control the amount of sodium in it. And it seems like when you start looking at food labels, sodium is in everything. Pretty much. So um, anyway, so let's talk about the vegetables that are the best choices. Okay. Um, Because some vegetables are better than others, right? I feel because again, when I'm looking at, I'm looking at dark green leafy vegetables. I'm looking at the onions, the peppers, the mushrooms, the zucchini, the green beans, the wax beans, all those kinds. I'm not tending to look at from my standpoint as a dietitian, I'm not looking so much as the corn, the lima beans, the peas, the mixed vegetables. The mixed vegetables that are broccoli, cauliflower, carrots. Yes, I love those. Um, The new thing in terms of the cauliflower rice another great thing that's introduced and it's frozen you can just buy it boom it's in the microwave um how can and it's I a use good that? substitute for, for rice yeah for rice mashed potatoes um they've had i know people have done like cauliflower pizzas in terms of it all those kinds of things um so i think those kinds of vegetables are the great ones in terms nothing wrong with the corn and the peas but i like the other ones more because again they tend to be lower in the carbs great fiber lower in the calories and i think there's such an, an abundance that we have we have so many great varieties that we can get at our grocery store it, once someone starts following the DASH diet, how soon till they would see some effects? That I'm not sure of in terms of, so I'm not sure. So that's, again, where a monitoring, if you're working with your physician, what you'd want to say is, okay, you're concerned about my blood pressure. Let's let's see what I am. What's my blood pressure? Can you give me three to four months to see this? And let's see if I can change that and then look at that. Because I think it's an individualized thing. We don't really know in terms of like, oh, you're going to be on the DASH diet, so you're going to reduce your, you know, so many points in terms of your blood pressure. So I think that individualization and giving yourself enough time to get these habits at least started, not think oh, I've been doing it for two weeks. Why is my blood pressure down? It's like when people think of weight loss. It's like give it time. Give those habits time to grow and to solidify. Ah, well, thank you so much for the information. Thank my you. guest has been registered dietitian nutritionist Maureen Franklin. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.